0: Welcome to the dietitian boss podcast. I'm your co-host Marissa Kai Millick, registered dietitian and binge freedom coach. As your guest host, I'm interviewing dietitian bosses and sharing their stories to inspire you to take action and create a six figure income using social media marketing. Vanika Jethwa is a registered dietitian and personal trainer. She grew up in England, but is now living in Boston and works full-time in school nutrition while building her own business. She helps women ditch restrictive diets and lose weight sustainably by tracking macros and following an all-foods-fit approach. Her clients are known as weight loss bosses as they are able to feel confident and empowered taking charge of their own nutrition. Vanika loves to show women that they can eat more food and enjoy life while losing weight. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks. It's good to be here. Of course. Yeah. So let's just start by telling us a little bit about your journey and how your journey has helped you create your business.
1: Yeah. So I would say that to preface this is that my journey isn't like a straightforward, I lost a hundred pounds and managed to do something crazy or I struggled with a disease or a disorder and went from there. It's kind of like a lot of pieces that all fit together. And I think it really started when I moved from England to America about nine years ago. I remember I just had minimal confidence, just super low confidence. And I thought to myself, great, I'm moving country. This is a perfect time for a fresh start to kind of reinvent myself almost and just kind of become the best me I can be. And so I decided to just say yes to pretty much everything that was thrown at me. And that was like from training a cow on a dairy show. I traveled to Panama. And one of those things was weightlifting in a gym, which is something that i would never done before. And growing up, I was never really overweight. I just really didn't feel confident in my body. I never really loved the way I looked. And through weightlifting, I really found a love for being able to change my body composition, being able to change how I looked, and really looking after myself in that sense. And so while I was doing this, people would always ask me questions like, wow, like, you're so much more confident now. How did you do that? How did you make that change? I had friends from England message me on Instagram or Facebook and be like, wow, like you're a totally different person. Like where did this all come from? And I would talk them through my health journey and my fitness journey and how all that had kind of contributed to just becoming this super confident version of myself, really. And people had suggested starting a business at the time. And I was like, oh, maybe I want to be a dietitian. Maybe 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, let me do clinical for a little bit, as we're pretty much always told, right? And so I would document things on Instagram, the casual gym selfie, things like that. And going from there, more and more people would say, Hey, teach me how you're doing this. Like, what is your method? And it was really then I kind of thought, Okay, this could definitely be something that I take more seriously right now. Maybe I don't have to wait. 10 years or 20 years till I have all this experience, wherever that's going to come from in clinical, to really build this business. And so for the past, I would say, six months, I really tried to focus on building what I thought was going to be this business. And then we went through quarantine, and at the beginning of quarantine, I lost my job. And I had these two months of being unemployed, and I thought, okay, I'm just going to put my heart and soul into figuring this out. And I read books. I spent like three days trying to create a sales funnel. I worked on a Mailchimp um, for a, an email list that was non-existent at the time. Just kind of did everything that people think that you should do when you start a business. Except looking back, it was a total waste of my time. I didn't even tell people like that I was like, in, like taking in clients or I was offering. My services, I was kind of doing all the back work for it because I thought that I had to set up all these weird back systems before I could even think about getting a client. And so two months into quarantine, I was like, wow, I have literally worked like nine to five on this thing and nothing has happened. Something needs to change. And I listened to this podcast for forever. And I was like, wow, Libby is the person that can definitely help me out here. So I reached out to her. And I just knew it was the right time to jump into a coaching program. And so I did. And pretty much within two weeks, the switch had totally flipped. I had stopped thinking about MailChimp and sales funnels and how to get an LLC and what my like, business logo should be like. And instead, my full focus was now on getting clients, looking at my Instagram feed and creating content. And those are the three things that I looked at and that's pretty much how this whole thing started. So in a way, the quarantine was kind of the best thing that happened.
0: <laughs>
1: um, so people tell me that it's a bad thing, but for me, it worked out pretty well. So, <laughs>
0: Nice. Yeah, that was such a great reflection. Thanks for sharing that with us. And I think it's so great that you're able to show that you were overcomplicating things and it's really quite simple and you reached out for help and you had someone guide you down the right path rather than trying all of these different things and really simplifying so that you could get clearer. And, and like you said, it was just like a switch flipped and you're like, wow, this is simple. I'm able to do X, Y, and Z and, and get closer to my goals, which is awesome dieticians, we tend to overcomplicate things a little bit. So I agree with you there. I was in the same boat. So yeah, let's talk a little bit more about what your nutrition philosophy is in your business. What do you do with your clients? Kind of where where do you lead them to? Yeah. So all my clients, their main goal
1: is to lose weight. And I do that through teaching them how to track macros. I totally believe that one size doesn't fit all. And I know that everyone is so different. And that's one of the reasons why I like macros is because I can give two people the exact same numbers to follow, but the way that they'll reach them can be so different. You know, I'll have people who can be vegetarian and want to eat a lot of like whole foods and whole veggies, which I definitely encourage. But I also have clients who aren't quite there yet and have been living on takeout and have really limited cooking skills. And for them, having macros is a really good way to train them the balance they need and help them understand what's in those different foods they're eating. And so- even though nutrition isn't one size fits all macros and learning how to fit all that into food, my clients works really, really well.
0: Yeah, that's really awesome. And I love, you know, when you shared your story a bit, you have personal connection to probably experimenting a little bit yourself. And you realize one thing that works for you may not work for your friend that was hitting you up for help and things like that. And so I love that you've been able to kind of Bring this into your business and your nutrition philosophy. So, how do you approach goals in building your business and through your life?
1: So, I'm actually pretty terrible when it comes to goal setting. I'll be dead honest. Um, I do like to set goals in my head. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. But when it comes to actually figuring out how I'm going to do it, it all kind of gets lost in the mess. It's something that I'm definitely working on. And for me, right now, writing everything down that comes in my head has been amazing. I have this huge book now where I just jot down ideas consistently. I jot down goals that that pop up and that might come up. I guess I have a little bit of like a shiny object syndrome where I'll start on a goal and then be working on it and then be like, oh, but this thing is also really cool. And then have to remind myself that we don't need to get complicated. As we said, we always overcomplicate everything. And so going back to that book and saying, no, like this is my initial goal. Let's focus on that.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think writing things down is so important. I mean, I have a giant whiteboard that I write everything down on, and I think when you just see it, you're more likely to stick to it. It's just kind of like having a mini vision board always on the forefront of your mind to keep you on track. So honestly, that is a really great way to to keep track of your goals and what you're working towards. So yeah, let's get back to your nutrition philosophy a little bit and tell me a bit about how you got clearer on your niche and your ideal client. And then we'll go into what changed in your marketing once you had that clarity?
1: Sure. So starting off with my ideal client, as I said, I don't really have like a very specific story and I definitely struggled with that when it came to creating an ideal client. You know, having seen people who've said I struggled with IBS and so my ideal client is someone who also did that. So I had to really do some kind of deep thinking and I slowly realized that a story doesn't necessarily have to be some like crazy movie adventure. It can be the most simple of things. And for me, finding weightlifting and just learning to appreciate my body and understand more about the foods that I was eating, not only through my nutrition classes, but also just through my own personal interest. That is my story. And having people ask me those questions about how I managed to gain that confidence. Again, that's part of my story. And so my ideal client is actually based pretty much on my younger self. I renamed her Sally for some reason. It just came out of nowhere the very first day we had to figure this out and just kind of stuck. And so Sally, as I'm going to call her from now on, I tried to figure out where her problems were, like what pain points she had. And I really thought about the things that I struggled with. And then also the things that I had people talking to me about that they struggled with. And a lot of the time it was people thinking they had to eat 1100 calories to lose weight or people worried that they couldn't eat certain foods ever again to lose weight, avoiding going out to nights out, you know, saying no to date nights because they were worried that they wouldn't reach their goal if they did this stuff and being able to show people as women, especially that you can still live your best life and have so much fun while reaching those weight loss goals. You know, you don't have to be miserable losing weight. You can go out and eat a poke bowl. You can have your sushi and you can still hit those goals. It may be a little slower, but that's exactly what you're looking for. We want a nice, sustainable, and slow weight loss, as opposed to someone eating 1,100 calories, being miserable every day, and at the end of it, not feeling good about themselves.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so with getting this clarity on you know, targeting maybe Sally, who wants to still live her life while losing weight, How has this changed your messaging and your marketing? And did this impact your sales in any way?
1: Definitely impacted my messaging and my marketing for sure. Before I'd even come up with an ideal client, my Instagram was pretty much gym selfies. You know, the classic, like, oh, look at my delt pop. And obviously Sally doesn't want to see my delt pop. Sally wants to know how she can lose weight while having fun. And now I do a lot more infographic style posts. I talk about maybe struggles she has or challenges. So it will be a picture of me with either a quote or saying, Oh no, I forgot to track my macros for the day. What do I do? And giving her really specific advice on how she can overcome that, telling her that it's okay. If you forget a day, that's fine. We're not looking for perfection or telling someone that losing weight at 10 pounds a week is not going to be a sustainable option. And since doing that, the number, the amount of engagement I've had with clients has significantly increased website clicks. I've obviously managed to get clients. I'm now working with people as opposed to before when I was just, I don't even know how people were going to find me on Instagram because I wasn't even telling people that I was a coach and I was looking for clients, which seems crazy to think about now. But at the time it felt like I was doing all the right things. And so getting that, that clarity about Sally and, What she wanted to see on Instagram as opposed to what I thought people wanted to see was definitely, again, another light switch. Totally different experience.
0: Yeah, I love that reflection and just getting simple and clear and really speaking to Sally is so important. And yeah, I think that you do that beautifully. So that's really great. So, with respect to getting clients, like you said, you're working with clients. What is your offer? How did you get to this offer? And what have been your struggles with getting to? To what it is that you finally decided to offer for these clients?
1: Yeah, so I pretty much followed Libby's framework exactly when it came to working out my offer. And so to begin with, I only offered single session packages or single session sessions, I guess. Which at the time felt really backwards. You know, as someone who was focusing on weight loss, a lot of the time you want to meet with someone more than once, as often follow up needed. And so to me, selling just a one off felt really bizarre. But at the time I didn't have any clients. So I thought, what's the harm in this? Like give it a shot. Right. And it actually worked out really well because it really took the pressure off me in sales calls. And it also made me really get back to basics and think, I'm just selling this one thing. It's literally, I'm selling an hour of my time and that's all it is. There's no stress. I don't have to worry about them scheduling a second session. There's no bundle. There's no three month thing going on. It's me and you for an hour. And that was it. And that was actually the greatest thing I ever did because I ended up getting like three clients doing that. And so once I'd kind of overcome that first step, the next step I did was I offered three sessions in a bundle. So I would do, they'd sign up and I would say, okay, when you sign up, you have to schedule your three, whether that's two weeks apart or three weeks apart. I would occasionally let someone do every month for three months I tried to avoid that, and so after that had happened, and I got a couple clients there to sign up that way. I thought, okay, now I think I've done enough sales calls. I think I'm ready for the next step. Let me now try and sell a three month bundle. So this, in this sense, instead of just doing, I'm selling a one hour slot of my time every for three times. I would instead give someone the opportunity to like have access to me. Throughout the week, they can message me through an app and then we'll do a check-in every week for three months. And that's what I offer right now. And that's been going really, really well. That's ideally what I wanted to offer at the beginning. But looking back, I was definitely super nervous to offer that because that's a huge commitment on my end and also a huge commitment on someone else's end. And so being able to just start off with that really small one session was like the confidence boost I needed almost to kind of get to the next step and then get to the next step. So yeah, here we are offering bundles and it's going great.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, I love that you were able to share that you found value in starting small and then building from there because sometimes, you know, we love to jump into the deep end and we just want to get to that goal, that dream that we have up on our vision board, but There are steps that we have to take. And so I love that you said, you know, you followed the framework exactly. You started with single sessions and then you moved on from there as you built your confidence. And so that is really awesome. So tell us a little bit more about your sales process in regard to selling this offer.
1: Yeah. So everyone who I have a sales call with usually clicks on the link in the bio of my Instagram. So all my posts, there's a call to action at the bottom that says, Hey, if you're interested in coaching, click on my link. Um, So they'll click on that and it takes them to a page where they can then sign up for a time slot to hop on a call with me, which has been dead simple and dead easy. At first, I did it purely by email and I only really started using this online calendar on Practice Better maybe about a month ago. And so it wasn't even like I needed that set up at the very beginning. It was, you know, super simple. I've only recently started doing that. And so they hop on a call with me and that's where the sales call comes in. And sales calls definitely used to freak me out, for sure, as they probably do for everyone. But I actually ended up reading a book. I don't remember the name of this book. (laughs) Basically, it was by an FBI guy who used to negotiate hostages. And so he talked about all his different ways of negotiation. And one of the things he talked about was how when you hear a no, it doesn't actually mean no. It means I need more information. And reframing a sales call that way really helped me out because... The first time I got a no on a sales call, I remember looking at the client on Zoom like a deer in headlights being like, no, what do you you mean? No, like, look how great my offer is. And just kind of really stumbling through it and looking back, I was like, wow, that was really embarrassing. But now when I hear a no, my first thought is, okay, this isn't a stop the conversation. This is a, what information do they need from me now so that... They do want to have this because after just talking to them, I know that I can help them. Like they tick all the boxes for my ideal client. They're clearly struggling. You know, they've already mentioned that if they don't change in the next three months, they're going to be miserable. And so I know I can help them. What can I tell them or what information do they need from me that I can show my value? And the first sales call I had from that, I was able to do that and turn it around. And her no went from a yes within like 10 minutes. Wow! Um, and wow. It was awesome. so I would definitely recommend that book to everyone. I just wish I knew what it was called. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's okay. You can share it with us. No worries. But that's great that you were able to utilize another tool. You did some research and you practiced your sales calls and you were able to start turning those nos into yeses. And I think that's awesome. So since kind of getting this, uh, sales call process a little more set in stone for you and, and something that you feel more confident in. How has your sales improved? Like, what did your sales look like when you first started versus where are you now? Yeah, so when I started
1: the program, I was on zero dollars, the big fat zero, no sales whatsoever. And then I priced my first individual session at 125 for that hour session. So I was able to sell a couple of those. And then moving on from that, when I did those three session bundles, I did that at 350 I think I did for three sessions and then now for my three-month session it's a thousand so it's like or 325 a month so there's a little bit of a discount if they get the full a thousand and this month I think so far I'm at 2500 total that I've made during the whole program so my goal I think when I started was I wanted to make 1k before the end of the three months was up and so, having pretty much doubled that and maybe tripled that has been incredible. And every week, it seems like I'm getting more and more interest, and I feel like the snowboarders kind of keeps getting bigger. You know, the more clear I get about my clients, the more clear I get about my content. Also, hearing testimonials back from clients and being able to use them in my content has also kind of snowballed this effect. I've had a few referrals too, and so it's just been like a really great experience in general and it's gone way faster and way better than i thought it could in three
0: months so that's awesome that's so great to hear that you know you set a goal and you surpassed that goal before even finishing the program and i think that just goes to show that you're following the framework you're following the structure and you have gotten really clear on your ideal client which is exactly what we need to do to be able to speak to those people to attract them so in regard to attracting those clients are you solely using Instagram? I know you said you get some referrals, but are most of them coming through your Instagram account?
1: Yep. I'm a hundred percent on Instagram only. And those referrals just came from clients that I was working with already who have said, oh my goodness, my friend asked me what I was doing and I gave them your number. So yeah. Who knew that Instagram could be like a one and done situation? (laughs)
0: Right. I think it's one of those things. We like to overcomplicate a thing. We need to be on every platform, but you know, you've been able to show that just using Instagram has been successful for you. So have you had struggle getting clients just from Instagram? And if you have, how did you turn that around?
1: So I think at the beginning, everything just takes time. I think it probably took about a month to get my very first client. And that was just because I was still figuring out the tweaks and working on my content and working on, you know, what it was that my ideal client wanted to see, I definitely still struggle with putting out stuff that I want to put out there and not put out stuff that my ideal client or Sally wants to see. And so consistently reminding myself about like who my ideal client is and having that somewhere visible has been really useful. But I think that's just the key to it. You know, I'll look at my insights and I'll look at images that did really well, images that got really high website clicks. And I'll be like, oh yeah, I was really specific in that post, you know? And then I'll look at ones that also maybe got zero website clicks or zero hits. And I'll be like, yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense now. Like looking back at that post, like I really didn't say anything good in that post. And so it's all just a learning experience that I'm consistently just going back and revising and re-looking at the things that I've done and what works and what doesn't and just learning from it. Definitely don't beat yourself about it when it goes badly, but it's always nice to look back and see that you did a good job. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's really great. So tell us more about how you actually create this Instagram content. You know, you said you can tell when you're being specific and you know you're looking at what works and what doesn't work, but what's your actual process for getting it out there?
1: So Canva is my best friend. (laughs) Absolutely amazing. I ended up getting the pro version of Canva just because you get a few more features and it's a little easier for me to use. But I pretty much make all my content on Canva. And once I'd kind of picked out a theme, I have this blue watercolor theme that I go with everything's on there already and it's simple. I just copy and paste everything and I'll change the words and a few things. Picture wise, you can upload a picture onto Canva for now and remove the background all in one go, which has been super useful in terms of the things that I write or in terms of what I write for content. When I was creating my ideal client or Sally, as we like to call her, I wrote down a list of her pain points or things that she struggles with. So when I'm thinking about what I can write in my content, I'll go back to that list and I'll say, okay, one of Sally's issues is that she really wants to go on a wine night, but she's nervous that she can't drink wine anymore. How can I show that she can do that? And so I'll do a bit of content regarding how she can drink wine and still meet her weight loss goals and just things like that. It's always going back to the ideal client and then answering the questions that she has, but being really specific about it.
0: That's awesome. And just staying focused on Sally, what problems does she need solved and how can you solve it? But I also love that you said you just copy and paste from the previous weeks based on what worked. And I think so often we're scared of reusing content and, you know, it could all look the same. It always has to be original, whatever, but it goes to show that recreating top performing posts is what keeps people coming and keeps people on your page so that they click on those websites. So I love that you were saying that, you know, you just recreate because now you've found what works. So I think that's really important. So how do you stay realistic and committed to these goals that you have and what you're able to do knowing that you don't have eight hours a day?
1: That is a great question. I would say for the past month or so, I mean, before I even started this, I had no idea that I would even have this many clients. So I would get this busy. So it's not even something that I even worried about or even thought about. I'm definitely not the most organized person, but starting a business has forced me to have a calendar and definitely be more organized. And in the past month or so is when my client roster has definitely increased. And so that's something that, again, I'm definitely still working on figuring out what my maximum is or how many people I can take on. I would say maybe only a couple more at this point, just because I don't want to overwhelm myself or overload myself. I want to be there for all my clients and I feel like if I take on too much, I won't be able to. And so again, just having that Google calendar, making sure that I put everything I'm doing on there because if a client requests a call for me on like a Friday evening and I didn't write on there that I'm hanging out with my best friend for, for wine or whatever, then I'll say yes to her and then I'll be like, Oh my goodness. And I have to cancel wine so I can make sure that I'm there for that discovery call. So it's just those things like that, that usually I wouldn't put everything on my calendar, but now it's kind of forcing me to like really be conscious of my time, where I spend my time. And again, I'm running a business, so I don't want to be wasting time anyway, either at this point. I'm trying to look at it more as every hour I spend on this is money I could be earning. So I want to make sure that I'm like getting the most out of my time. And so I kind of went from being really flimsy with my time and making content here and there so now I have like set days where I make content or set days when I reply to DMs. Again, just to streamline the process because I know that that's going to help me out in the future. And so building those good habits now could only be useful moving forward when this whole thing eventually gets bigger and I'm not even working a full-time job. Like this is my full-time
0: job, you know? Yeah. So what was your process for getting to the point where you were able to manage your time without getting stressed out while you have so many different things going on?
1: Well, I wouldn't say I'm there yet, but (laughs) so far it's definitely Google calendars. And again, just being really intentional about putting every little thing on there. Even if it's, I'm going to the gym at this time every single day or making sure I block time out for myself. Because again, I want to make sure that when I have a discovery call, I'm available for it because that's my way of making money. And so knowing when I am available and being able to have that flexibility is definitely something that I've been working more on. And having that Google calendar there that just tells me like everything I'm doing is very, very helpful.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And you're working on streamlining your processes and you have your notebook, you have your Google calendar. So I think it's really great. And it always is kind of an ongoing work in, work in progress to figure out the best system. But you know, like we've said many times in this call already, it's imperfect action. You start small and then you figure everything else out as you go. And I think you're doing a great job at that. So what has been your best investments as you've grown this business? Best investments?
1: 100% investing in this coaching program has been the best thing I ever did. I remember that I'd been obviously following Libby for a while and I'd always thought, yeah, one day I'll invest in a coach. Um, And I had people tell me that, Don't invest in a coach. There's so much free information out there. Like use, use the free stuff. I'll buy you a book. I can help you out with X, Y, and Z, which is great. There's people there who can help you with those things who you know for free or things like that, or you can read a book or you can sign up for a free webinar on the top 10 things you can do in your business right now. And the number of those I went through is insane. Like you wouldn't even believe the number of those things I've watched. And the more you watch, the more you realize it's literally the same three top tips and at the end, they're always selling you something and you don't really ever get anything out of it. And so when I went through those two months of being unemployed and trying to like focus all my energy, that's when I realized that, okay, going at this alone obviously isn't working. And like, yes, there's so much free stuff out there, but just like how people get confused with nutrition and there's so much free information out there, it's the same way as a dietitian, you can get confused about starting a business. And I think knowing that it's okay to ask for help and allowing yourself to accept that help is super important. And for me, has been really, really important. And so definitely having a coach, having that guidance, having this group of awesome other RDs that are now like super close friends of mine in this group that I can always bounce ideas off of has been definitely the best investment I've made.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So You started brand new from zero building your business. So what advice would you give to other dietitians who are just starting out?
1: Oh, so much advice. Definitely don't be afraid to to start now. The worst thing you can do is just wait for the right moment to start. I started this whole thing in the middle of COVID. If that doesn't sound like a bad place to start, then I don't know what is. (laughs) So if I can do that, then anyone can do that. You know? And I I used to listen to this podcast all the time and I would think, wow, one day I'll be a boss. Like one day I'll be on there." And I always felt like it was just so far away and such an unreachable goal. And here I am three months into it, like loving what I'm doing, working with some of like the most incredible clients every day and doing this thing that I've always wanted to do. But for some reason in my head, I just always put it off or said like, I'll do it later. Or it will come in a few years time or whatever. And I think if it's something that you want to do and you know, you want to have a business, there's no better time to start than now.
0: Yeah. I love that advice. Thank you for sharing that with the listeners. That's really inspiring. So what is next for your business?
1: Oh, big things. Hopefully I would definitely like to start a group program. I think that so many women when losing weight, really appreciate the extra support that a group program can provide so that's something that I would love to start looking at and working on and that would also allow me to obviously help more people while staying in that time frame and keeping that time situation looking okay other than that just keep growing and just keep scaling it i don't necessarily have like a number in terms of like where i want to be money wise but i just want to see how far this thing can go you know, I've already feel like I've helped people and I've heard such good things and feedback from my clients. And so it's like a little high that you get whenever you get a good client testimonial, a client says, wow, like, but you've changed my life. And you're like, oh my goodness, like, this is a thing. Like, I know that I can help people. And so just seeing where this can go and really growing it. Eventually, I would love to not have to work my full-time job and be able to do this full time. And I definitely see that happening down the road. And so, yeah, we'll just go from there. For now, it's just keep working on it, keep building on it, professional development, becoming the best coach I can be, and helping as many people as possible.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's really inspiring. And I have no doubt that you can do it. You have a lot of passion. So it'll be really great to follow your journey. So, why don't you tell the listeners about where they can find you?
1: Yep. So, everyone can find me at weightloss.nutritionist on Instagram.
0: Awesome. And sweet feel
1: and free to reach out and <laughs> follow me. I love hearing from people also.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much. This is so much fun. (laughs) If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at libbyrothchild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.